Alakazam, I'll make man go missing. I was doing trips, you were at home kissing. Now I got Henny coming out when I'm missing. I got hooks, but I don't go fishing. Alakazam, I'll make man go missing. I was doing trips, you were at home kissing. Now I got Henny coming out when I'm missing. I got hooks, but I don't go fishing. Alakazam, I'll make man go missing. I was doing trips, you were at home kissing. Now I got Henny coming out when I'm missing. I got hooks, but I don't go fishing. Alakazam, I'll make man go missing. I was doing trips, you were at home kissing. Now I got Henny coming out when I'm missing. I'm a rock star like Sting and Slash. Now Peng Ting's on a cool man back. I'm a rock star like Jeff or Matt. Call my young fuck, watch man get slapped Way better, no CEO on the track Curry in the ends, that's right, he's back Can't push me, cause you get pushed back Easter egg, the black mac, go crack Catch man, in traff, don't lack T and white, and raff in black Pantomime, man, act, get clapped I'm from West, so that's tracks, use black MTP or Zone 10, that's gang Pop defense and then boy, they rank Can't stand the heat, then don't touch that pan Free up S, cause he lives in Cannes Still caught with him Old like Denzel, been to Washington Box on Renzo, fit your box in him Used to have blocks and socks to rock Hello and welcome to Resident Advisor exchange this is our series of conversations with the artists labels and promoters who are shaping the electronic music landscape my name's ryan keeling and i'm the editor at resident advisor this week's exchange is with ollie ashley the founder of london's radar radio when ashley started the station near the end of 2014 his aim was to create the next generation of radio He wanted to focus on new talent by opening the station up to aspiring DJs and giving them access to Radar's facilities. Him and the Radar team also wanted to create an environment where DJs could express themselves and they encouraged presenters to have fun on the air. These days Ashley affectionately describes Radar as a youth club where people can come, hang out and absorb themselves in music. There's been a fair bit of discussion online about where Radar gets its money from for all of this. So we talked about this when Ashley stopped by a London studio last week, as well as discussing Radar's ongoing development as a hub for new UK music. As always, you can find our full archive of exchanges on residentadvisor.net and follow us on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. The exchange with Radar Radio's Ollie Ashley is up next. I don't talk no shit, cause I got too much honor. Now I'm me to go bang, and this person on Okay, 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 Maybe a few I don't want to say on my R exchange, but um, I'm trying to lead a, a healthier lifestyle for 2018. I'm trying to actually get into an early routine. So I'm trying to get into the office for like eight in the morning, but I've like only succeeded that once in the past couple of weeks. Eight in the morning as opposed to? <sighs> like 10, 11. Okay. So you're more of a night person. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Okay. You're on a healthy eating tip as well. <sighs> Again, like that was the plan for 2018. I mean... 
it's a bit healthier than of last year, but um, not quinoa salads just yet. <laughs> you'll get that. You'll get that. Hope so. Hope so. Okay, so you're the founder, chief leader, however you want to term it, of Radar. But I was interested to know what your job is. What's your day to day? What are you doing on a daily basis? Day-to-day at Radar is really, I think, now about kind of pushing where we can go. I think in 2018, with a platform like Radar, especially for one being so youth-focused, you can't just do audio, I feel now. I feel like it doesn't matter how well we program things or kind of like what we do, just the audio aspect of things, I feel, isn't enough to kind of like excite young people nowadays. So definitely moving forward, doing more video content, doing more events, And so we've uh, opened a recording studio at Radar from the start of last year. So now kind of in the process of kind of like recording music, not myself personally, but kind of getting projects like underway and kind of like taking that next step. What always kind of excited me with radio, especially kind of like underground radio, like your stations, like your rinses and NTSs, is the idea that it's kind of like you could be hearing music first there and like you know and, and radio has always been this amazing place where people can be experimenting and playing dub plates for the first time and kind of like playing like demos of tracks and it's like it's very much if you're like if you want to go that step further with music like listening to radio especially like exciting well put together shows where they play a lot of new music you're going to hear stuff first mm. and that really excites me and even the fact of like working at radio stations it's like you know you're in that room it could be seven seconds before the person listening at home listen to it but you know you're like the first person to hear a track like that and i think that's always really really exciting so now kind of we want to take it to the next step further is kind of like a call we want to be a position where we're kind of recording the music and releasing the music that's going to get played on the radio so mm. so to be in the room and to, like, doing the process of people kind of like come up with these ideas and putting songs together is really exciting so that's kind of like um, the next things, really. I mean, like we've got such a strong team now, at Radar, especially in terms of the radio team. That is kind of like right now. It's like, right, I'm leaving you to it, and we're seeing where else we can go with things. So yeah. Yeah. So when you say releasing music, do you mean in sort of the traditional record label sense, or do you just mean getting it out there? We have started like an in-house label. It's not. We. I didn't want to call it Radar Records. I just felt like I didn't want what we were kind of doing creatively with the radio station to kind of like have an impact or an effect of kind of like what type of music we wanted to release. Mm-hmm. Technically it's two, but so we have an in-house label called Pressure, which is going to be more focused on releasing more vocal driven stuff. So a lot more like rap and drill and kind of like grime coming out of like the UK and more focused on like London based stuff, which is really exciting. We're kind of wrapping up a project, Kenny Allstar's first mixtape which is going to be really really exciting we've got the likes of like k-trap and six seven and heady one and rv and what i feel is like some of the most exciting talent coming out of london right now vocally there and then we're also got like an in-house um label which is more focused on like the weird electronic side of things which we're still kind of putting together which is still kind of a work in progress but really really exciting for the moment we have no music plan yet like we've basically designed the website but we yet to kind of find the music we want to put out yet but we're We've got some exciting things kind of like in the pipeline. So, yeah, it's, um, it's exciting. It's cool. So what are you working on predominantly yourself? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you do a bit of everything, but like... Right. So I started a radio station with this really um, novel idea that, like, yeah, if I start a radio station, I'll be in a position where I can, like, I can work and listen to music all day. But effectively, I just spend all day in meetings effectively now, which is cool, which is fun. But it's like, it's now about, okay, cool. Like, where can we take Radar and who can we work with? And, all of that really yeah 
okay, so a typical planning meeting would be, okay, we're, we've got this thing under consideration. What does everybody think about it? Everybody's feeding into the process and things of that nature. Just deciding what's, what's cool for the station. I mean, is that how you would sort of <laughs> characterize it? Not really. I feel like I always want to work with people that I feel like are better than me, if that makes any sense. Like I always like I'm always looking to find people to work with me that are smarter than me or have a stronger skill set in that area. So a lot of the times it's kind of like taking people's ideas in and seeing like, okay, cool, like how can we expand on this? How can we kind of take it further? It's kind of gone from me having this kind of like obsessive vision of what the future radio to be, to kind of now working with a team to being like, okay, cool. How can we do video content that other people aren't doing? Like what type of events can we put on that we feel like London is missing? Like, you know I mean, how can we program like uh, a festival stage? And I feel that's going to give you more kind of like exciting, interesting results. At no point in time, like I feel what we're doing is reinventing the wheel. It's just like, how can we put our little twist on things essentially? You know what I mean? So that's, so that's fun and that's exciting and it's definitely kind of pushing me into all different realms. But, you know, I think also it's like, I'm, like a main focus for me is just like, okay, cool. Like, is everyone at work like happy? Is like, I like, you know, we've got like a team, like it's a big team now. So it's like 20, 25 people now. So it's just like, okay, like how can we make sure that, you know, people are progressing the careers that they want to, you know what I mean? I kind of, to say kind of like I was a, like a, Reluctant CEO would be an understatement. It's, you know, I, I started a radio station because I want to listen to music, but now yeah, you've got to yeah. take in like, okay, cool. Like, you know, where people's careers want to expand, like, okay, cool, where? Um, I know what you mean. If you've got a team of people under you and, you know, people have professional ambitions and, you know, they're looking to develop and just be in a great workplace. Oh, you know, I guess a connected question would be, is it, has it been difficult being a boss? <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, Naturally, like throughout my kind of start in radio and everything, like I kind of prefer working by myself. So like kind of like being like a boss for me is it, someone's quite like quite a, like a like a strange feeling. And it's just like I was like never of a fan of like I just like, like, a, like a false hierarchy. You know, what I mean, I like the I like the idea that we're a team and everyone's a part of the team and everyone's got a position to play especially with things like music and like how to do an event, there's so many different ways and things to do it. So it's all about, I think, taking people's opinion and seeing like, okay, cool, what do we feel is best for Radar? What's best for the station? You know what I mean? And what kind of like our listenership and our audience is going to appreciate. Mm, for sure. I saw that you described your sort of mission with things when you were starting out as aspiring to create kind of a next generation of radio. Yeah. What did that idea mean to you to begin with? I think that idea is fully focused on internet radio. And I think kind of like, I think like the next generation of radio is one that is going to be uncensored. For me personally with radio, I've more specifically with the UK, like the acts I have to grind is it's kind of with FM radio, it is controlled by Ofcom, which is a government board. And so you're very restricted with what you can say and can't say, very restricted with what you can play and you can't play. You know, putting those type of restrictions just leads to quite often quite boring radio. Like I'm a huge hip hop and rap fan. So hearing censored hip hop and rap, like hearing like, I don't know, a censored future track just always to me just sounds just strange. Like, you know, just like gaps of silence. Yeah, you know I mean, so I've always hated that. And I feel like, you know, with all the pirates back in the day, especially like you look at like Kiss and you look at Rince, what was so amazing about them was it was like, look, 100% could be illegal. They had this real like devil may care attitude. It was like, we're going to play what we want. We're going to say what we want. And that's it. 
And like, I love that. And I love that kind of like creative freedom it's holds. And I feel like, you know, I just do not feel like the future of radio is going to be FM. I like, I, I look, it, it's 2018 now. We're, we're living in a world of cars that can drive themselves. You know what I mean? I don't feel like in the future you'll be in a car, you'll be in a Tesla that can drive itself trying to tune into a crackly AM FM radio trying to listen to Five Live. Like, I just don't think that's the future. I might be wrong, but I just, I feel like it's just important to people to be given platforms where they can be uncensored and they can really give their full, honest opinion. You know what I mean? And especially when it comes to like music and comes to art, like, I, I love the fact that, you know, things can be uncensored and people mm. can present things how it should be presented. You know, that's why I feel like, I don't know, you listen to like grime sets, for example, or kind of like, you know, people kind of like coming and doing freestyles. I feel like they're, it's, they're always going to give you a better version of that on on platforms like Radar because we are uncensored. You know what I mean? you When you listen to the, and they go on the BBC and it's censored and things like that, it's just not the same. And it's just like, mm. for me, I just don't feel that kids are as authentic. Well, the thing is, of course, it comes down to like that, you know, that freedom of full expression and stuff. But the thing that strikes me about Radar is that like in the presenters, you almost have this like stream of consciousness thing going on where everybody's just speaking their minds like it just even listening, I, I know it might sound like a strange example, but even just listening to Shai's breakfast um, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. show yesterday. So you've got a situation where there's a problem with an aux cable and rather yeah. than like in a traditional radio, like turning the mics off and going, fuck, we do, we've got to sort this out. You know, they're saying on air, fuck, we've got a problem with the aux cable. We're not going to be able to play this we'll track. Put you just oh, that's out a ben. fuck up. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like that kind of thing. So I'm wondering like, is that something that you encourage your... DJs to do yeah because it's real like you know I like so much about it it's just like you can have a conversation with someone the same you would if you were just like mates like having a few drinks and like and that's what I really enjoy like you know we're not trying to be super glossy and super pristine like I think we're just I think we're just trying to just be as real as possible really and just like sometimes when things go wrong that's when I feel you get the best entertainment and I feel like People get confused sometimes. It's like with things like radio, it's like you're there to entertain people. You know what I mean? You're like you're there to um, make people's kind of like, I don't know, like mornings or kind of like just you know, doing boring emails in the office, just a little bit more enjoyable and a little bit more exciting, a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. And also what I love about radio, it's it's a live medium. Like there's not that many things that are 100% completely live. So, you know, when things go wrong, they can go really wrong. And when they go well, they can go really well. But it's like you never know what's going to happen. And I feel like, you know, that always kind of like keeps things exciting and keeps everyone on their toes. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of too many stations where you've got like, you know, the, the Wake and Bake show with Amy Becker. You've got yeah. like three shots. You know, you've got um, DJs under the influence and just kind of, going for it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about those like how, how do you how do you come up with these ideas and what you're trying to sort of say with them i'd be lying to say if like i've come up with the ideas it's more kind of like people come and then i kind of push and be like well what about this and how about this and how do you push that radar is kind of like when you went to college and like all the naughty kids it's kind of like we've all kind of come together from all different parts of london like north east south west and we'll get together just to kind of just chat shit on a regular basis really i was thinking about it today like okay i have to kind of like chat about radar and how we've got here and like with most of the people that are on radar like i do not remember like first meeting them or kind of like give like them first doing a show it just like they just seem to be on there you know what i mean and most most of the time it's like it's friends of friends or people coming with recommendations or people coming on as guests for a certain show and then really liking what was around them be like oh, cool can i come and do my own thing and i think it's great because it's like 
especially like with the young presenters now, it's like you see like they're viewing radio completely differently. They're not coming into it and be like, okay, I can't say this. I can't do that. I can't play that. They're like, okay, cool. Like, okay, there are no rules. That's the only rules. And just some of the stuff that gets said is fucking wild. I'm not going to lie. Like even sometimes I'm like, yo, okay, this is interesting. But it's cool because it's, it, it's other people's opinions on things. Yeah, you know I mean, like, you know, I think it's great to have a platform where, you can have such different opinions and different views, like, you know what I mean? And it, like, sometimes leads to a, you know, confrontation, which makes for great radio. But with all those shows, it's, you know, I don't know, just somehow they got in the building and, uh, like, they just they just seem to still be here, you know what I mean? I suppose this extends to what I sort of have observed as your, I don't know, just demo policy, new talent policy. Like, you've yeah. got a bit on the website that's just, like, get involved essentially yeah. why was it important to you to sort of create this kind of sense among the community because i mean it seems like i don't know outside looking in it just seems to be look if you're doing something cool then we're going to give you a shot like I yeah don't know if that would be accurate well the thing is for me that comes from like personal experience so like for me getting into radio like first and foremost like i got into radio because i wanted to be a dj like like i think like a like a lot of people that want to get to radio, it's just like, okay, cool, I want a DJ, I want to get more gigs. Okay, cool, if I get a slot on a good radio station, then hopefully that will raise my profile and I can get a few more gigs. So that kind of all started for me when I started working at Rinse in 2010. And like, you know, I originally came in there because, you know, I thought, okay, cool, if I intern a bit and then do a few shifts, then eventually I'll get a show. And I did have a show for a short period of time. I used to do three to five in the mornings on a Friday. So I used to work like Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. And then I would DJ in like the West End at some horrible clubs that I don't really want to mention or kind of I've closed down because they've been up to some really dodgy things. And then I would come like Friday night to kind of come DJ three to five. And I loved it. Like, and that kind of feeling of kind of like, okay, cool. Like you're live, like you're in control. Like, you know, you've got people from all over the world tuning in and like, oh, you're playing this track. Oh, oh, this is really cool. Oh, you're playing Prince. Oh, you know, da, 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 da. All sort of things. It's... Again, it goes to that live thing and feeling really connected to people and reconnected to the music. And I felt that was just so exciting. And then, well, after that, there was um, there was a bit of politics because it was like, at the time, I was like full-time evening producer. And I got brought in by G and Sarah and we had a meeting and there was like a new policy was like, right, you're either a DJ or a producer. I was like, okay. And they were like, all right, so pick. And I was like, no, like I've worked like nights for like over a year and all the sort of things there and like to build it up and um you know it just I'm, I'm quite a maths based person so i was like right if i'm a producer i can be a 40 hours a week if i dj i can be a two hours a week so break it down okay cool it probably makes more sense to carry on being a producer so for me that was kind of like the end of kind of like that dream which was like for me at the time heartbreaking it's probably the closest i've ever come to like crying in a meeting because i was just like no i've worked so hard the shows are really good like yeah you know i mean i'm getting like exclusives and this that whatever but it's one of those things since starting my own things like my own companies like you realize okay cool there are rules and there are policies mm, and you know sure. you have to make it work and you, you know and, you, and like you can't do everything to make everyone happy you got to do what's right for you know the company you know what i mean but i kind of like i felt after that i just felt like i had really had a journey to kind of like and you know gone through a lot to kind of dj at three to five in the morning in a studio in brick lane like on a friday night and i just thought afterwards i was like it shouldn't be this hard to have the chance to dj on a decent radio station yeah you know i mean so th that was definitely like a big inspiration for kind of like me kind of like starting my own thing was like okay cool i've 
I got this great opportunity to kind of like work at this amazing radio station like Rinse, like, you know what I mean? Without, well, put it flat out, like without Rinse FM, like there would not be a radar radio, like end of story. But I just kind of felt like, okay, cool. Like I've gone through this journey. I've kind of gone through this. I just don't feel like people have to go through like, in all honesty, like all this bullshit to kind of like, to just have like a two hour radio show to play tunes they like, you know what I mean? Like, I just kind of felt with radar, like, you know, with getting people on it, it's just one of those things where it's kind of like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't start the station to kind of like, all right, well, I want to get my DJ career cracking. All right, let's start a radio station. But I just kind of felt like I'd been there before being like a young, passionate, unknown DJ that no one had ever heard before, obsessed with music and all just wanted, I just wanted a platform just to be able to play and present the music I wanted. So, you know, like getting people on board, like, you know, the policy when we first started was like, look, as long as you've got a good taste in music and you're not a dickhead, like I'm sure we can find a place for you on the station. And like, that still rings true. So we've had like a lot of people just like, you know, it could be the fact that like, you know, I remember when we first started, we, we pride ourselves on the fact that look, someone could send like a mix via like SoundCloud or Twitter on Monday, would listen to it, get back to them on Tuesday, have a meeting with them on Wednesday. Then uh, like, you know, have them come in for like a practice room session like on a Thursday. And then by Friday, we're working out what their regular slot's going to be and having that quick turnaround of the fact like in the space of one week, okay, cool, we can find you a show. Mm. You know, and be like, okay, cool, we can come and like get involved. And I felt like, that was just great because it's just like, you know, it, very quickly, like what happened with Radar was the first two months was just like, it was just the wild west. Like, you know what I mean? You'd have like 15 year old kids like pretending to be able to DJ and be like, yeah, yeah, I can DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, my friends are MCs and then coming in and like not being able to, like live on air, not be able to DJ and their friends like trying to do like most Steph style conscious bars. It was just horrendous. It was awful. The worst thing was it was live. Maybe I was a bit too nice, but like I would never be like during the show, be like, no, 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 we got to cut this. This is like, I, you would let it roll for the full two hours. So there was like a lot of pain. But after we got through that, the initial barrier, I don't know. It just kind of like, it really snowballed really quickly because it's very much like friends of friends of friends. So I remember like, I don't know, like the Nervous Horizon guys coming and doing a show. Like they came and like did a show on radio like first week. And then like they brought down like the likes of like Akito and then like they brought down like the likes of like Seamstress and Aquia and like, you know, it would just be like friends of friends and it would just build and build and build. And just like, you know, I was hearing like, so many great DJs and so much great music. At the end, like, I remember for, like there'd be like, like a solid like two, three month period. Like every day after a guest show, I'd be like, "Hey, do you want to come and do your own thing? Do you want to come and do your own thing?" And it just felt like very natural and very organic. I know, which is a bit of a cliche, but it, it you know because it, it it was so much like a a social thing, really. You know what I mean? I just like you know, just like for me, it was just, "Hey, the music's good. It's all working. All right, cool. Let's keep it rolling and see where it can go." Really. Do you think you've got a music policy at Radar? Uh, as long as it's good. Like, uh, and then how? what do you define as good? Like, you know, like, I've had to be less of a control freak and, like, I have to understand, like, okay, cool, there's some things that maybe I'm not, like, maybe I don't fully get right now at this moment in time, but someone's like, no, this is really, they're really pushing things forward, giving a bit more time. But, you know, the reason why I wanted to start a radio station is because, like, I like all different types of music. I was born, like, 1990, so, like, I feel like I was part of, like, the LimeWire bear share generation where, like, we didn't have to pick what music we wanted. We could just download everything, like, illegally, you know what I mean? So it would be like, okay, cool, we would listen to, like, hip-hop and rap and we would listen to, like, new metal and, like, all different styles and different types of things. So even when we started, like, 
the first regular show we got going was an ambient show by an artist called Makona, like a friend of mine from Amsterdam. The first show on radar was an ambient show, but you know, like very quickly we gained a reputation for really pushing grime. That was like a big part of uh, radar, uh, especially at the start. I just felt like from a radio perspective, like especially from my time during at Rinse. Like I was a grime fan before working at Rinse, but it was when I got to see the sets live, that's when I was like, okay, there's extra element to it because it's taking that live thing into a different level. And like, you know, these guys are coming in and it's like, they're performing live and like every set is unique. Like, you know what I mean? Like no set's the same. And like, you never know when someone's going to come in and they're going to, want to clash this person you know what i mean you never know someone's gonna come in they've got new bars there like you know what i mean you it's very 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 much kind of keeps you on your toes and just like it made it very interesting and i like i remember starting the station being like okay cool we launched like halloween 2014 at the time novelist was getting a lot of love because he had that take time track with mum dance stormzy was getting a lot of attention as well and i saw that and was like okay like they're really exciting. They're doing a lot of cool stuff, but that can't be it. There has to be more MCs. At the time, people were very much talking about like Grime 2.0, Grime Resurgence. You had your artists like Slack and Mr. Mitch and Mum Dance and, you know, these people that were kind of like, they were having like their interpretation of Grime and kind of what they felt like pushing things forward. You know, you even had artists like Rabbit who were like from like Texas doing their version of, of, of Grime. And it felt like, People were injecting something new and exciting to it. And it felt like, okay, you're getting all these new producers, getting all these instrumentals, but where are the new MCs? And you had Novelist and Stormzy. So I was like, there has to be more. There has to be more. So I remember starting like early on, it was like we would do a grime show like 8 to 10, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'd be like, build it and they will come. So, you know, we, we, we would do these sets and then more and more MCs would come. I remember meeting DJ Argue, who's our like head of grime at the, like, at the moment, like we're head of urban music, if you want to say that. Like literally that, that was like through SoundCloud. Like he just sent a message through SoundCloud. He came in and his first track was just like a dub plate. It was like DJ Argue, like dub plate. And I'm like, you got the job, don't worry, come, come on board. And he, like his first set when he came on board, he brought down Jams and Mike Ty and it was fucking sick. And then I think after that happened, and Jams and Mike Ty was like, yeah, Radar, like, you know, kind of scoped it all out, like, got to meet me, was like, yeah, it's cool. And I think, like, a week later, you had, like, AJ Tracy coming down, you had, like, Big Zoo coming down, you had, like, YGG, then you had, like, Capo Lee and Nico Lindsay and Rocks. And then very quickly, it was like, okay, cool, like, there is this whole new wave of MCs. And then at the time, like, it was... Well, it still is, but it was really exciting because there was just so much amazing young talent that was just, like, growing and developing. Like, you know, especially seeing artists like AJ Tracy and Rocks, like, they would be coming, at one point they were coming, like, two, three times a week. For them, it was, like, almost like them doing sets was, like, them in a dojo. It was just, like, them just, like, sharpening their skills, getting better and better and better. It's, like, every week, and they felt there was this real... There's always going to be this competitive element to grime, People want to, you know, be getting the rewind and people want to kind of like, you know, be there to impress. But there was felt like a real sense of camaraderie between like the young MCs coming through because none of them are made it. None of them were established. And like they really like, you know, had like everything to fight for. But, you know, but still it was it was really friendly. So it's like those sets, like I remember like the original 
original studio before we got air conditioning in there like it used to get so hot in there it was just insane like do you remember there was that crazy heat wave in 2015 yeah vaguely yeah. yeah it was getting hot like it was just like it was just it was horrendous but we got the air conditioning like literally like the, the day before the heat wave came in thankfully but i remember just like how just hot and just kind of like messy kind of like the sets used to be like you know it was just we had quite a, like an open door policy with things it was like Again, the policy still still stands as long as you, you've got good taste in music and you're not a dickhead, then cool. Like, yeah, I mean, we've had a few people we've had to ask to leave and stuff like that. But it rarely happens because, you know, people want to come down, friends of friends. It kind of felt like there was definitely like a, a new wave of like talent coming through. And like now, like, I don't know, you look at like AJ now, like the guy's huge. You know what I mean? This guy's doing tours all over the world and huge tracks with like Denzel Curry and Jeremy and huge artists. And it's like... It was only like a few years ago that he was coming on a regular basis just to do grime sets. You know what I mean? And, and like, you know, it felt like with our whole ethos was just like, okay, cool. We wanted it to be like a new, exciting way of doing radio, like internet focus, uncensored with like new talent as well. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I feel like with us, like that just felt like something sort of natural or no it, like it kind of felt like okay we had a goal we had a mission i had an idea and like it happened it came true like you know there is this there was this whole new wave of mcs and talent coming through and it was it was really really exciting to see that kind of like grow and develop and i just feel like you know now kind of like we're seeing where like where the new exciting arts coming through like it's definitely i feel more coming through from like the road rap and drill side of things so you like you know you got your rv and your heady ones and your sls and your m hunchos and then also, like, on the flip side of things, you're kind of, like, with your Afro bashment, like, Afro swing, whatever people want to call it. So your Kojo funds and your notes, like, coming through with that style as well. Like, I feel like right now, like, the most exciting music coming through is definitely more vocal-driven. And, like, you know, and I feel like we as Radar were definitely, like, right place, right time in terms of kind of, like, having... Just having, like, the right people there, really. I remember, like, so we have the likes of, like... Kenny All-Star on the station and like, you know, we were like the, one of the first people to have like six, seven, like do a radio set and like, you know, to really kind of like see where that talent is kind of like, is like going. I just feel like the music just seems to be getting better and better and better and just, you know, and same as well, like having the likes of like P Montana on the station where we're really pushing like, you know, all this like new talent coming through and it just seems like, you know, just the talent emerging everywhere now and it's just great that we're kind of like, we're there just kind of like in the middle of it, really. I wanted to uh, pick up on this sort of open door policy thing a little bit, because I guess when we um, spoke for the Real Scenes London film, you're kind of describing a situation in the radar building where if not 24-7, then, you know, something approaching that where you've constantly got people coming through recording yep. and, you know, you're doing workshops and you're allowing people to use the facilities and stuff like that. Why is that important to you? You know, it, it, it seems like, you know, this idea of, community and you know giving people that start and sort yeah. of going beyond even the people who are appearing on the station seems to become like a really important facet yeah of what you do i think that's kind of like the amazing thing about radio is it's a hub and like it's a physical hub as well as well where people can come and hang out but it's important because it's one of those things it's like i'm always obsessed with like okay what's next who's coming through next like who's the who's going to be like the next aj tracy like you know what i mean like who's going to be the next ben ufo like you know what i mean who's gonna be the next amy becker like yeah you know i mean i'm always interested to be like okay cool again it's that obsession of like okay where are things going like where's the future of things it's like i feel like the more we're open the more like it's just maths it's just like we're more likely to have 
you know, these people come through our doors and kind of like to, to get things involved, like, you know, like. And you do like workshops and stuff yes, like that. So yeah, 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 yeah. So um, from end of last year, we kind of like been doing workshops like every week, which has been really exciting. So workshops kind of like focused on like production, workshops focused on DJing, workshops focused on presenting. And then like workshops also on like, um, we did like a, a partnership with Link Up TV and like did like a workshop on video production, which was really exciting. Again, it's kind of, one of those things, it's like with Radar, it was like, it's definitely like something I wish I would have had kind of like coming up as a DJ in London and kind of like, and someone who's like, who wanted to kind of get involved in the scene that kind of like, wasn't like naturally part of it. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm originally from like Barnet, like North London, like top of the Northern line. So just in London, but like, I never felt like, okay, cool, like. I could never pick up the pirates like where I was based, for example. Like, you know what I mean? Like I came in through rinse from like listening to the podcast and things like that. And I just felt like I wasn't like growing up like in East London, for example, when like when like Grime and Garage, all those things were kind of like going. Like, you know, I very much felt like I had like a outside view of things, you know what I mean? And I just felt like with radar, it's kind of like I just wanted to be something like open for like everyone to kind of come through. And I feel like with the open door policy, it's like you never know like who's who's going to be the like the next superstar you never know who's going to be end up being like someone you work with very closely for like the next few years you never know who the, like the next person to come through is going to be like an amazing dj or like an amazing uh, producer it's also like radio's taught me it's like you have to be nice to everyone because you never know who's going to be big next like you know what i mean it's like if you're only nice to people that you like you feel like are big now like you know what I mean like and you're like a dickhead to people that you don't know like in a few year or a few years time like they're gonna be the next superstar and they're gonna remember you treating like a dickhead you know what I mean so I know, policy, I know what you mean it's like the attitude of okay I can extract some worth from you and therefore I will be nice to you and give you my yeah, time yeah. And like oh, you're kind of a nobody and I'm not really gonna care about you yeah because everyone starts off as nobodies you know what I mean like we've had kind of people kind of at radar start off like not being able to DJ and now they're like going around playing all over the world be able to DJ so I feel the open door policy it's kind of like I don't have a, a crystal ball I don't know what the future holds like you know I just feel like right if we're if we're open as much as possible if like we're doing as many shows as possible if we're like we're you know filling out every all 168 hours in the week with as much original content as possible and pushing things forward as possible then we should get some exciting interesting results mm. you know I mean it's just one of those frustrating things where I can't tell you okay in six months we're going to have this in a year's time that's going to be there you know I can have opinions and think things are going to go there but you know my guess is kind of as good as yours really do you think there's a sort of social or political aspect to what you do in that you know i guess you're increasingly doing like talk shows and you know you're giving people kind of an open mic situation to you know just talk about the issues of the day i mean is that sort of an important aspect of, of what you do do you think yeah um, you know and is there those sorts of conversations take place a lot within your community yeah definitely i mean like it's a building full of really opinionated young people like you know the the debates are never over like you know we're constantly chatting shit and like you know trying to work out you know where everything's going on but i think like for me it's i really believe in free speech like i really believe that people should have a platform to kind of like say what they want you know what i mean it's like whether people are gonna like agree with you or not and i think that like that leads to interesting conversations interesting debates which you know you don't tend to get so much on like regular commercial fm radio like yeah i mean it's very much like you know we've got toe the line we're either like bbc where it's government funded and you know people don't really want to be 
push the boat out too far with that or you've got your commercial stations like your capitals and your kisses and they've got you know they've got advertising they've got brands on board so they very much are quite scared to talk about certain topics and mm. issues but for me it's kind of like look if it's important to people kind of like let's let's talk about it let's have a conversation about it you know what i mean i think well that's I feel that's important. With the station, like, you know, I feel like a big question with radar is people go like, okay, cool. Like you've got the radio station, you've got these practice rooms, you have through these workshops and like, you know, I mean, people are kind of ask the question, like, okay, cool. Like, where does the funding come from? And like, you know, I was quite happy to kind of have a conversation with you. I remember before we started this, you know, like, you know that we were like, this is going to be a topic we're going to talk about. And I'm, I'm pleased to say it because my dad is Mike Ashley. So he's the founder of uh, Sports Direct. And that's where starting the station, that's where kind of like we were able to start it. And that's where we were able to keep things going and be able to pay people people's wages and you know be able to kind of keep these things going but I remember with Scratcher he wanted to bring on like Inga Copeland to come on and do like a guest slot on Radar and she was just kind of like oh I would come but I'm just gonna chat shit about Sports Direct and I met her in the club and I was like please come please come on the station you are more than welcome to say whatever you want I really back and believe like um you know be able to say what you want like yeah I mean this isn't some sort of just a platform just to appease me and like I remember she found it quite funny and I was just like for me it's just like I don't care if it's if it's attached to me personally I don't care if, if people feel like they're going to be offended I feel like if you want to talk about it you should have the freedom to talk about it you know what I mean if you know people get offended well tune to another station I mean but how do you communicate it to people how do you talk to you know how do you have that conversation with people if someone's like well you know sports direct or like where's the money coming from or something what what's your response usually well like it's one of those things it's like those people with those opinions I don't think they've set foot in the building because once you set foot in there and you kind of see like okay cool like wow like you know you've got like 10 15 young people like you know who are able to have like a proper job in music like you know be able to focus on like interesting exciting music where like you know they were able to kind of like work a full job in music that kind of again like I wish I was able to kind of do when I was younger like you know when I was working at Rinse like you know like I loved it and it was a real commitment but like I had to like I was DJing a lot on the side just to kind of like to make it work money wise like you know with this it's like okay cool we're allowing when we're giving like you know young people the opportunity to be able to work in music full time and like I know for a lot of young people it's very frustrating because like you know it's endless series of unpaid internships and all these things there and it's just like you know we're really here offering like okay people an opportunity to start careers in music like you know we're kind of like you know even with our facilities like you know we've never charged anyone to do a radio show like you know pirate radio stations like famously known for you have to pay to play you got to pay subs to play and like you know stations also like nts like that's the foundation of how they started you know what i mean mm. but if we wanted that younger dj audience we knew that okay cool like, i don't know if you're 18 year old kid and you got comes to the end of the month you got 20 quid to your name are you gonna pay subs you're gonna go out with your friends you're probably gonna pay go out with your friends you're not gonna pay subs and you're gonna lose your show so with this it's like i've much felt like right if we're gonna focus on like the next generation of radio and like young djs and mcs like we don't we're not gonna charge subs so we never charge subs we've never charged people to use the practice rooms like yeah i mean we're able to kind of do these like amazing workshops where we're giving like allowing people to kind of dip their toe into the music thing, get get, get an understanding of it. And it's like, you know, without that there, like, we wouldn't be able to do it because it's just mm -hmm. like, what are, we, what are we supposed to get government funding for this? It's like, what would the government we have right now? You think like, you know, closing youth centres, left, right and centre, like they would put money into something like this, a community project like this. Like 
were we supposed to like wait around and wait for a brand to kind of come and sponsor it and take all creative control away from us? It's like, no, like I'm someone of, of extremely privileged position, extremely privileged background. And I kind of felt like, why should it be so hard to get on a decent radio station? Why should it be so difficult to get a full-time job in music, you know? So I kind of felt, all right, I have the ability to do it. Let's do it and let's give it a go. And that but, was. But was that like very much in your thinking at the beginning? So I mean, I mean, I know you've had like personal radio ambitions, and you know, yeah. the, the idea of starting a station must have been like large in your mind since you were since you were young. But were you also thinking, look, I do have this privileged position, but along with this, I can help tons of people. Not really. Like I'd be lying to you if if I said like my ambition was always to start a radio station. My ambition was like. I just wanted to do something music. And then I started DJing when I was 17. I was like, okay, cool. This is, you know, I'm not particularly musically talented. Like, you know, I'm not a pretty good producer. I can't sing, definitely can't rap. DJing kind of like allowed me to be like, okay, cool. Like, like how am I able to do music kind of like full time? Like, I just wanted to do it because I loved it. Like, you know, when I was working at Rinse, I just wanted to DJ on there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and apart from that, it was just like, I just wanted to be involved and working with other people who are really pushing great music. It was one of those things where, so I worked for Rinse for two years, and then after that I got the opportunity to work at NTS as a studio manager there. At the time, there were like, uh, like there weren't any paid positions, like no one was getting paid. And like I was there for nine months and I loved it. Like I thought, I, I really feel they were the first internet station to really gain traction. But then I felt like, okay, cool, like there isn't any, like, like any jobs going there. And if I want to carry on radio, it would have to be like for a really big commercial station. And I just felt like, I don't want to do that. And I just felt like, you know, from working on these stations, I always felt like so many of my friends were just kind of like looking to kind of like get on stations or looking to get on, looking to get, get on board with things, but they just weren't the opportunities there. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's give this a go. Let's give this, okay. Well, it kind of felt like, right, I'm either going to have to start my own station or I'm going to let this dream die. And it's like, it's my, it's my favorite thing in the world. Just, you know, just being involved in radio and being in a live studio. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's give this a go. For me, it was like, it was quite a conscious thing starting the station. And then kind of like, it was a bit of a weird one where it was just kind of like, because before then, like, I don't know, like working on the jobs, like I just wanted just to get on with it. And I would, I, like I wouldn't be very upfront about that, that type of things and there been like times where I had to flat out lie about those type of things because I just felt like people are going to view me because of that. People are going to view me on kind of like what I'm trying to do. Or like, oh, sorry, you mean you were disguising the fact that yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. in the position you're in. Yeah, yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. I, um, I just wanted to crack on with it and get on with it. And then I think we're like with Radar, it was like, at first, I think we were able to kind of like, I don't know, come up with some stories here, there and everywhere to how it got going. And then it got to a point where I was like, OK, cool, like I'm either going to live my truth and kind of like make the most of it and kind of like, OK, cool. Like, you know, when we first started, like it was me doing everything. I was like sleeping on the sofa in the studio three nights a week. I was like doing like working from like 12 to two in the morning, like doing 14 hours, everything like that. But then once I realized that, OK, cool, there's something there and like, you know, we can, you know, could be in a position where we're kind of like you know we can we can have a team and employ people and you know really build these great studios and have these practice room facilities and you know now be in a position where we're doing like workshops i had to be like okay cool like look some people are gonna have some things to say which they are fully entitled to say this is the type of thing i really want to get it's like you can not be a fan of my dad or my family or this that whatever and still be a fan of 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 radar and what we're doing yeah you know i mean i felt like 
The one thing I kind of difficulty I kind of have with it is I think when people want to make people who are DJ at Radar or involved at Radar feel guilty about it. And it's just kind of like, where else were they going to go? Like, yeah, you know I mean, like, why should you make like, you know, like a bunch of kids or like young adults kind of like feel bad for trying to make the most of their career? Like, yeah, you know I mean, and kind of like, you know, whether it's doing a show or kind of working involved with it, it's just like, why should there be any feeling of like guilt or shame? You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people... When they meet me in person, I feel like I'm a lot different to how they think I'm going to be if you've never met me or spoken to me. There shouldn't be this need to, like, hide who I am or being kind of like shame of who I am because I feel like, look, I'm in this great privileged position, but I feel the work we're doing is so great. Like, mm. yeah, you know I mean, and so many people are benefiting from it. Like, you know, what I love so much about, like, radio and DJ culture, like, when we started, like, 2014 to now... You look at technology, it's like gone are the days where you need like a huge record collection or even a laptop with Serato attractor. All you need is a USB and you can go out there and DJ. And that can be a way for like a lot of young people to like make a living. You know, and it's great. I and mean, like, you know, and I think it's so cool with Radar that, you know, some people have come along, didn't even know how to DJ. And now they're going off and they're, they're supporting themselves financially from there. And I feel like, you know it's a really positive thing and it's a really good thing, you know. But then at the same time, people are going to have their views and their opinions on it. Mm -hmm. And like, and for me, just have to accept, like, that's fine. And I think the worst thing you can do is try to appease everyone, you know what I mean? Sure. I, I mean, do you think about it in terms of the conversations that people have surrounding brands in music, for example, yeah. you know, where you've got the two sides of this argument where people will just take exception, you know, no matter what to like, you know, a big global company being involved in music for seemingly illegitimate reasons versus the other side of the argument where basically that project or that thing wouldn't exist without this brand's involvement and this money. Yeah. Simple truth of the matter is there's not really, as you were alluding to, much money in this thing. No. I think with a view with the brands, it's like if you're in a position where you can work with these brands and it's able to support you financially and like it's allowing you to fully focus on music and be able to do, I think, really exciting creative things. And I I see it as a, like, as a good thing. I think even now, it's just like, look, you look at like electronic music producers, you look at what happens in Spotify. Like, these are the people that are going to be affected worse by streaming. Like, you know, because, for example, like, you look at, like, the Jungle Days or the Garage of the Grind Days, it's like you could print up a few thousand white labels and you're going to make a decent amount of money. It's like, now mm -hmm. if you make a good good tune, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, you, you do a vinyl release, but it's always going to be in a very small quantity with just about cover your costs. You know what I mean? If you go to streaming, you're not going to get any money from it. You know what I mean? So I feel, you look at that side of things, it's quite sad. You know what I mean? That it's like, back in the Jungle Days, there were people that would just produce tunes that wouldn't even DJ and they could make a living just from making music. And gone are those days. And I think like now, like you look at the DJ and if you have the opportunity to work with a brand and that's going to pay your rent for that month, then I think more power to you, really. I feel it's just like a, a sign of the times now, really. I think kind of like working with brands is kind of like part of the game to an extent. I mean, we're talking about a market here where despite all the challenges that we're talking about, there's a very, very rich, deep well of radio here. You know, yeah. you've been talking about some of the independents, but just, you know, from the commercial stations to the BBC stuff, FM, however you want to term it, like there was so much radio here, you know, mostly in London, but, you know, throughout the UK. Have you thought much about just why people seem to love it so much, you know, in this city, but then also in this country? I can't really speak on behalf of like, 
the country. <laughs> yeah, the British population. I'm not even British, to be honest with you. I've got a Swedish passport, so I can't even speak on behalf of British people. I just feel like with radio, you feel connected. Like, mm. especially with live radio, like, you know, you could be at home listening to music, but you kind of like, you feel connected to something. Like, you know, you feel like, you know, even with like stupid things, like sending in like, like a text, like, you know what I mean? Or like sending like a shout out and someone like doing a shout out, like live on air. Like, it feels like there's like a call and response to it. And I just feel like, you know, that's where I feel radio still has, uh, has got a place in the music industry because it, we can't lose that human element of music. It can't all just be algorithms, you know what I mean? There has to be like a more human side to it. And that's what I think what's so great about radio. It's that combination of like music and people, you know, mm. when you start listening to a show on, like, on a regular basis, and you start to really trust the DJs and presenters. That's when you're going to hear music you haven't heard before. That's when you're going to like, oh, like, you know, first time kind of like hearing a whole new genre and style and be like, oh, wow, like this is something really exciting and really interesting. I probably wouldn't have heard otherwise. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean, you touched on elements of this, but I assume in the time that you guys have been on the air, like the, the sort of face of what you do has changed quite a bit. You know, you were talking about focusing on video and you're talking about developing features and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. do you think in the next like three years, for example, you're going to have to continually like revise what you do and how you approach it and, you know, the mediums that you're going to use and, you know, what, what do you think the, the future of that might be? I think with music, but media, like you have to be in a position to constantly want to reinvent yourself and constantly be trying to uh, like approach new things. I feel like we've had these like false starts of things we think are going to be the f like, it's not so much about reinventing the wheel. It's just about mm. like, okay, cool. I think just like fine tuning things and, you know, and knowing your audience. Yeah. You know I mean, I just feel like, you know, especially like developing video content, like, you know, stuff like Shy's content, like it, the, like the more we do this, like it seems to get better and better and better. Because I feel like she knows what she's doing. We know what kind of like what the audience want and kind of like, you know, I feel like we're really putting out stuff that people like are excited about and want to kind of watch and want to listen to. But I don't really, I don't really know in terms of kind of like where the future is and where the future is going. I just feel like, you know, people want to listen to good radio. So we're going to put out, okay, how we make the shows, radio, radio shows better. You know what I mean? People want to be entertained with video content. People want to kind of like go to like a regular party so it's all about like you know we've started like a weekly party called radar at east block and my real policy with this was like you know because there's so many kids at radar like who never went to plastic people someone who worked at like rinse and like went to forward on like a weekly basis like the idea of there just being like a really dark room with a loud sound system and a really good dj like it was great because it was just so simple and almost so minimal. So like we start this party now and it's like, we make it as like dark as possible, loud as possible, like really try to vary things up with who we book. Like, so it's from road rap and grime and hip hop to interesting out there, electronic stuff and house and techno and bring it all together. And I just feel it's just about giving something like a little bit different, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it's not reinvented the wheel. Cause it's like, you know, I've, I've had it before, but you know, for kids come up now, maybe the idea of like, okay, cool. Like, having this like weekly dark space where it's it's so dark you can't see someone two feet in front of you mm -hmm. so you're probably going to dance less self-consciously might seem to see something like oh it's quite new and exciting and interesting and different it's just about taking bits and pieces of things that i kind of i've seen and i've liked and i've I, i've enjoyed and be like okay, cool how can we recontextualize this and put a radar spin on it and you know move things kind of forward really what about your own taste I listen to a lot of ambient nowadays. It's, is it uh, really? Yeah. 
for the first time? No, I kind of like, I've, I don't know. I like, it definitely comes from like growing up and like playing a lot of video games and stuff like that. And like hearing this music, like on like save menus and loading screens and not realizing it was ambient. But yeah, I think like as of recent, like it's very otherworldly and it's like, it's very relaxing. And I feel like doing this, is, it's, it's important to have. But then I'm like, I'm like on the flip side, I'm like, I'm really getting into like, like finding like old jungle records and like listen to a lot of drill. So it seems my music taste is becoming more and more kind of like extreme. There seems to be less of like a middle ground to it. Is there anything you wouldn't put on the station? Um, Someone pitched you a, you yeah, know, all right. if a, you're a metal at, show or something. Or, uh, if you wear a fedora, you know what I mean? You've got, a, you've got a lot less chance of uh, getting a slot on radar or being asked to come back. I just feel that's a telltale sign of just like someone like who's going to play music I'm not really interested in. If you're like, you know, 30 plus and white and possibly wearing a fedora, I just gonna be like, I don't know for you, man. I don't really, I don't really know if, if we're really going to see eye to eye when it comes to music. Catching up years when I was dormant Cause the more years I see, I see more shit Sometimes I get vexed but then I just ask Jams are you really gonna forfeit? But well, you can't ask me that, that's like man you against hoe You already know what the score is So I sacrifice, ain't been a time where I never had to try If I could turn back the hands of time And try and rewrite this pantomime But oh well that's the way shit goes So I'm playing these cards in these hands of mine I feel like the only discovered this purpose And sooner or later I have to fly So what you know about sacrifice? Ain't been a time where I never had to try if I could turn back the hands of time and try and rewrite this pantomime But oh well, that's the way shit goes So I'm playing these cards in these hands of mine I feel like the only discovered this purpose And sooner or later I have to fly you must free man stutter and think my life is all bubbly Cause I got my face in a few magazines And I'm fucking up shows in faraway countries Jams never got girls in school But now they holler like how comes you ain't fuck me I remember when nobody cared Now it's all flipped round Now they saying that they love me But I ain't comfy Now I got a name guys wanna try and rush me I just wanna grow to me why they wanna stunt me Niggas see me winning and they wanna come around man But when it was nobody nigga it was just me Sitting with a pen and some headphones and paper Everyday writing couldn't get rusty And I had drive then I was in the front seat Still I've been left in for a lot of fuckery And I had to sacrifice ain't been a Time where I never had to try. If I could turn back the hands of time and try and rewrite this pantomime, but oh well, that's the way shit goes. So I'm playing these cards in these hands of mine. I feel like the only discover this purpose is sooner or later I have to fly. So would you know about sacrifice? Ain't been a time where I never had to try. If I could turn back the hands of time and try and rewrite this pantomime, but oh well, that's the way shit goes. So I'm playing these cards in these hands of mine. I feel like the only discover this.